This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm ready. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> and I'm Molly. <laughs> no, and you got a new is, name. Oh, this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Good old ready-to-go Weisenberg. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call me. Yeah, today we're talking about digestive biscuits. Mm-hmm. Nothing sounds now, sexier. Okay, now this this we let's get into this right away, because I think if you grow up in the UK and maybe other parts of the British Commonwealth, but I think especially like England. Yes. Um, Like you grow up with these. And so probably it doesn't sound weird at all. No, I think it just sounds like a name. Right. Whereas like they're a specialty item in the US and uh, and people think digestive biscuits. Why? What does that mean? Yeah, it sounds. They always break into that voice for some reason. It sounds medicinal or like health foodie. Yes. But thankfully, well, you know, we'll we'll go down. We'll we'll get into where the name comes from. But thankfully, these aren't too healthy. I'm, I'm opening some right now. Okay, so uh, let's go down memory lane. Okay, so I don't really remember when I first encountered the concept. And we're, we're going to have to talk a lot about whether hobnobs, which are oaten mm, biscuits, mm-hmm. constitute digestive mm-hmm. biscuits. They're made by the same company. They're the same shape. They serve the same snacking function, mm-hmm. but, but they're a somewhat different biscuit. Anyway, at some point, wife of the show, Lori, and I discovered, or maybe she introduced me to uh, dark chocolate hobnobs, oh, which are a chocolate-covered oaten oh, biscuit. My God. We would get them at this- I love this, when you say oaten biscuit. I know, me too. We would get them at this uh, at this British store. I think, it was, I think it was part of the Tea and Sympathy Tea House in Greenwich Village. Mm-hmm. And we would go down there and we would get hobnobs and lion bars and other things that you mm. couldn't otherwise get in America. Mm-hmm. And we felt so fancy. Like our pinkies were out. All the way down there on the subway and back. Have you ever been to Husky Deli in West Seattle? Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised when I go into Husky Deli for ice cream because mm-hmm. I really love their cookies and cream. I think it is the best cookies and cream. We can discuss that on yeah. maybe a different episode. But anyway, I, I'm always surprised to be reminded that it's basically like a British specialty, like dry goods store. Oh, yeah. They have. I haven't been there in ages. Tons of like British pantry items. 
this is so good. We're, it is we're, so good. Yeah. I'm having trouble not inhaling it. Right. So I think I think I sort of like had formed a hierarchy of digestive biscuits and biscuit alikes in my head that like hobnobs were at the top. And then I wasn't sure like like digestive biscuits seemed like a poor analog. Oh, but no, no. no. OK. Right. Hold on. Can I go down my memory lane? Mm hmm. So, Matthew, Crescent Market, Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. OK. I remember the carpet. The suit of armor. Mm-hmm. The fireplace. fireplace. Yes. Yeah. The the free cookies by the the coffee carafe by the store office. Wow. So I remember exactly where the cookie aisle was in Crescent Market. And should we be making tea? I, if you want to have okay. it, I could go either way. Frankly, All right. I mean we could we could have tea. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, so I remember that the cookie aisle in Crescent Market had crackers on the opposite side of the aisle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at the end of the cracker aisle, where they had like a whole bunch of different cars brand crackers, there was a shorter, more squat cars box, and it was a type of cracker called a Wheatalo. Okay. Okay. Like the word wheat, O L O at the end. That sounds like a brand name from like the 1880s. It does, doesn't it? So here's the thing. I looked it up online because I remember that there was a particular point at which, so my mom and I both loved Wheatalos, and I remember that there was a particular point at which Crescent Market stopped carrying them. From what I'm seeing, they're no longer on the market. Are they the cracker that wobbles, but they don't fall down? No, what's that? Weebles. Oh, okay. Anyway, but they were, yeah, they were, they were, Bigger than a than a like this McVitie's digestive okay. you and I have just been eating, but anyway they were incredible and they were so sweet and they were so like rich like buttery tasting yeah. oh my god they were so good the other day when I was doing some research into digestion di- into digestion into How digestion does it work? biscuits the colon what is it I spent a lot of time on the cars website for the U S and on the website of the company that owns cars in the U K. And is that McVitie's? Uh, so they also make McVitie's, but we're going to get to this oh, okay. in just a second. It's actually so McVitie's and Cars, Cars in the UK, uh, is owned by the same company. It's called United Biscuits. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's a UK company that was recently required by a Turkish snack food conglomerate okay, called Yildiz Holding. But before we get to that, so so Nabisco is short for National Biscuit Company. Mm-hmm. Is you is United Biscuit? Is there a shorthand for that, like Ubisco? Mm, I U- didn't Ubisk? see it. It seems like everything was abbreviated to UB. Okay. It seems like a missed opportunity, yeah. frankly. Anyway, I then found a a thread on like Chowhound or something. All right. Where some guy had posted, my wife loves these cars. <laughs> the way you said it, it made it sound like it was Borat posting it. <laughs> my, my wife. <laughs> no. My wife loves these like cars, whole wheat crackers. Sure. Here's what they're like. What are they called? Okay. And I was expecting, as I was reading down this thread, that people were going to weigh in and be like, they're called Wheatalos. No. What people said is they are cars, whole wheat crackers. Okay. But they're flaky and sweet and rich. Wife of the show, Lori, also suggested that we pick some of these up. 
you can only purchase them in like an assortment pack called the Entertainment Collection. But then, I mean, it gets even worse from there because we could not find the Entertainment no, Collection. Matthew and I separately went to three different grocery stores. We went all over town and there was no entertainment to be found. There was no entertainment in collection. Right. So anyway, uh, we'll get to this later, but I, I wound up looking up a recipe online. Stella Parks of Brave mm-hmm. Brave Tart has a recipe for her like a uh, copycat version of a Cars whole wheat cracker. And I made it for us. Okay. I got to say, it's not a digestive. So I think that the part of my, my ooh, brain, cute. the part of my brain that was like, ooh, this is going to be just like a Wheatalo. Like, no, it's not. Now, I and have I no memories of a Wheatalo. So maybe f- to me, it'll be just as good. I wonder if any of our listeners remember Wheatalos. See, it's just not that great. It's got kind of a weird taste. I feel like I hmm. miss the manufactured taste it, of a store-bought cracker. It does have kind of a weird taste. The texture is very good. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I think it's got this real weird high-pitched taste. High-pitched taste. Mm, like it's not, like the taste really stays up near like the top of my mouth. Do you know okay. what I mean? I, no, but I'll, I'll play along. It's like really sweet and kind of tinny. It is kind of sweet and tinny. June loves them. Mm-hmm. She ate like three of these before dinner last night. Well, bring home some of these McVitie's digestives and see what she thinks. Okay. Okay. Anyway, rest in peace, Wheatalos. I also remember, so when I was in college, the school that I went to growing up, they started um, offering language classes when we were in second grade. Was I this the school that we went by in Oklahoma City? <clears throat> I can't that remember. That was later. Uh, no, I think I drove you. I don't remember if I drove you to my elementary and middle school. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I started taking French when I was eight. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I went to college, I was you able were like, to take. Oh, la, la. I was able to take like French literature. Like yes. I, I wasn't just having to do like language learning. I was able to use the language to read, read shit. Oh, <laughs> I have a story about this. So anyway, I had this French literature professor who was very, I'm sure. Th- the ladies and probably the men and probably people of all genders Mm -hmm. loved this man because he was very handsome in this sort of like dandy kind of way. Oh yeah. I am struggling to remember. He wore like a hat with big feathers, like like poofy feathers sticking (laughs) out of it. No, but it was just the way he groomed his mustache. He rode into into class on a horse. He had this short hair, but it was slightly like wavy. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what his name was. Um, His first name was Josh. (laughs) I don't remember what his last name was. But anyway, he was a French literature professor at Stanford. And I remember going in to meet with him in his office about some paper I was writing. And I remember he had a packet of Hit Biscuits. Hit Biscuits? Hit is like another brand of like a really tender, bland, slightly weedy cookie. But they're not the same as Stick Biscuits. (laughs) Not the same as Pokey. (laughs) Okay. I remember, like, I always now associate hit biscuits with that guy okay but but you didn't find any hit biscuits for today i didn't look for okay. them i think i confuse hit and hobnobs but hobnobs are are oaten, oaten biscuits o- yes oaten. yeah oaten. if oaten. i say that enough would i be considered a dandy maybe okay maybe matthew you had a couple other things you wanted to say down memory lane right so so dark chocolate hobnobs for us have become a bit of like a dark chocolate whale because a dark they're chocolate whale. Like a white whale, but but not white because they're dark chocolate. Remind me what that, that idiom means. Uh, so like like in Moby Dick, 
Never read Moby Dick. I, no, nobody's really. Have read you actually it. read it? No. Though? Like every now and then, I come upon these things, like you know, interesting, like essays, and I'm like, God, I haven't read any of these books. Yeah, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. It does. Um, I think it does. It absolutely doesn't. You know what? Fine. Most people in the world have never read any of those books, and they are fine. Um, so, yeah, send your <laughs> send your comments on that directly to Molly. And- yeah. So, guys, what I here? Wait, hold on. Here's what I want to know: Are there class? books that you feel like like my like uh, so I'm not gonna list off all the classics that I have read <laughs> I want you guys to tell me the classics that you feel like I, I would be a lesser person if I hadn't read okay. and not in like a intellectually inferior just like in a, a, a richness of soul kind of way whoa okay Matthew do you feel what? that there are books that have like enriched your soul sure absolutely but like I don't are mean they... financially oh <laughs> I was gonna say rich dad poor dad <laughs> Um, I, but yes, but not, not like books you would find on a, on a literature class syllabus, I don't think. Okay. No, fair enough. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I think, I think the book that, the books that have enriched my soul more than any other were the autobiography of Malcolm X, which I guess you would find on a syllabus. Oh, you would totally Uh, find that on a uh, syllabus. The Death and Life of Great American Cities by Jane Jacobs. I think you would also find that on a lot of syllabi. Not on a literature. The the latter, not on a literature syllabus. Certainly on on like an architecture or urban planning syllabus. Yes. Okay. What were, we were, I was in the middle of talking about something. What was it? Oh, oh, the white whale. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So back to Moby Dick, which I'm an expert on. So the captain is been you know the white whale bit off his leg and he has like a whalebone leg and he and he like plies the sea on this doomed quest to find the white whale and kill it for what he did to him even you know it's about revenge like even if it destroys him it sounds like you've read moby dick no okay (laughs) but uh so so Dark chocolate hobnobs are quite difficult to find in the U.S. I'm sure you can order them online now. I feel nervous about ordering biscuits online is, that they'll arrive crushed or stale. So when you think about looking for chocolate hobnobs, is it that you want to seek revenge on them for something they've done to you? Or is it just that yeah. you want to eat them? No, well, I mean, I want to eat them because of what they did to me and my family. And what did they do to you and your family? It, it's too painful to talk about, but it involves a boat. Okay. And like there was a hole in the boat. We tried to plug the hole with a biscuit, but the biscuit disintegrated. Did you wind up inside a chocolate hobnob? Yeah, I don't think that happens in Moby Dick, but oh, maybe it why does. Why do people always talk about that? Does it happen? In, it in happens the in the Magic School Bus, and probably. The, bu- the Magic School Bus and the Bible. <laughs> it happens in the Bible? Right, yeah, like Jonah and the whale. Oh, God, Matthew, the only part of the Bible it, I've read is Genesis. Uh, it also uh, it also happens in the Decembrist song, uh, the Mariner's Revenge song. Wait, so what happens with Jonah? Uh, he gets swallowed by a whale. And then what happens? Not sure. Oh, God. Oh, my I God. Mean, Our listeners are that's, dying right now. That's the interesting part, right? Like, either, either. I mean, I think he probably gets out, because, like, otherwise it wouldn't be a very interesting story. Sure. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I did not find dark chocolate hobnobs for today. Are hobnobs made by a UK company as well? They are made by McVitie's. Ah, okay, great. I did find milk chocolate hobnobs, which are not as good, but not bad. Okay. There's there's a lot of debate about which whether the milk chocolate or dark chocolate hobnobs and digestives are better. They fall like people fall into camps. Well, also, did you know that some digestives do contain oats? I didn't know that. Well, I mean, according to Wikipedia, and as we know, Wikipedia is always mm. correct about everything. So well, hold on, let's talk about what digestives are anyway. Please, because I think I don't really know. Okay, well, so. A digestive biscuit, which also sometimes apparently goes by the name sweet meal biscuit. Never heard that. Me neither. Anyway, it's a semi-sweet biscuit, a.k.a. like a cookie type thing, that originated in Scotland and, of course, is now popular worldwide. Oh, originated in Scotland. It did. Yeah, it was first developed in 1839 by two Scottish doctors uh, with the purpose of aiding digestion. So the term digestive comes from the belief that these... Biscuits had antacid properties okay. because they contained baking soda. Oh, I have I, I've looked something up about this. Now hold up. So is everything that I make that contains baking soda digestive then? I can answer this question. Okay. So uh, Lori has this book, wife of the show Lori, has this book uh, called uh, A Nice Cup of Tea and a Sit-Down by Nicey and Wifey. It grew out of a blog, I think. Oh, my God. And yeah? uh, so they talk about this too. And uh, in the book they say – This explanation seems a little contrived to me. The baking soda would decompose under the heat of baking to release carbon dioxide, thereby raising the biscuit and making itself ineffectual as a digestive aid. Obviously. I mean – this this goes back to not that not that like quack medicine is ever going to be like no longer with us, but like the you said this was like the thirties. This was 1830s. like the eighteen thirties. Okay, so so people knew absolutely nothing. Were about Were they still using medicine. leeches at that point? I mean, people still use leeches. That's true. That's true. Also, apparently, historically, mm. some makers of digestives have used diastatic malt extract, so like an mm-hmm. enzymatic malt extract to, quote-unquote, digest some of the starch in the flour before baking. I think that probably has very little effect. This reminds me of, of like, the, the origin story of graham crackers, which also, you know, was sort of, like, a health guru's idea. That was supposedly to, like, make you healthier and stop masturbation? Or was yes, that cornflakes yeah. that were supposed to stop masturbation? I've heard graham crackers, but I, but I know, like, the Kellogg's people were mixed up in this also. Yeah. Like, yeah. did it work? Uh, (laughs) We've talked about this on the show before. (laughs) Anyway, they were first manufactured commercially in 1892. And, uh, of course, today, McVitie's is is the best-selling brand in the UK. Oh, I found a stat on that. Oh, you did? Great. Yes. uh, As of uh, 2018, according to a Time Out article that we'll link to, they produce 12.5 million digestives per day. Whoa. That's that's at their factory in London. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Hobnobs are so good. They're so. Oh, hold on. Wait. Let's let's okay. wait. Hold up. According to a 2009, that, so we we get all of our facts at least within the last ten years. Mm-hmm. According to a 2009 I mean, not survey, facts of 3,000 Brits, as reported by the Telegraph, digestives are the fourth most pop- popular biscuit for dunking into tea, with top chocolate digestives coming in at number one. 
Okay, wait. So does that mean chocolate digestives are number one and plain are number four? Or mm-hmm. does it mean... Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. know what's in between. All right. I'm going to say uh, mm-hmm. Nutella flavor or Maybe. Nutella, as some people say. Anyway, typically typically these are made from like a coarse wheat flour for like a certain distinctive mm-hmm. texture and yeah, flavor. Yeah, that's what's so good about them. They're, they're, um, they're not meant to be like... You know when you eat like a a shortbread cookie uh-huh. or a butter cookie like it's meant to have this um like a sandy texture like kind a of fine sandy texture right. well i would say that a digestive is obviously not as short as that kind of a cookie like it's not as tender and crumbly but it also has a more like uh the crumbs of it are bigger sure yeah so it's more like like uh shortbread is more like beach sand and this is more like lake sand this is i would say this is more like pacific northwest Sand yeah. compared to like I don't know like uh, I mean if you go to the ocean beach in the Pacific Northwest the sand is pretty fine mm, okay but like the sand at like uh, Golden Gardens is kind of well. yeah no no I think you're I think you're right like most most of our listeners definitely are familiar with the texture and like they've the average or grain like car size keek. yeah like, yeah like it's a, like big rough sand. like a car keek sand yeah. <laughs> yeah no no I, I'm confident that all of our listeners. So speaking of, <laughs> can we go back to literature for a minute? Yeah. Because I had almost the same experience with French literature as you. I started studying French at about the same age. I did not study abroad, but uh, I uh, I kept studying French through senior year of high school. And then I got to college and uh, I tested into the French literature class. Mm-hmm. And I got there like like day one. They're like, here, you're going to read this book by Colette. And you're going to read like, oh my God, totally. like Zola. And, like, and I'm like, fuck <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was thrilled by it. No, I, I tried. And I'm like, nope, this isn't happening. So I dropped that class and I, switched to computer science, I think. I never read Colette. And I can't remember if I read Zola. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of French poetry. I took, a, I took like these sequences of like French poetry from different centuries. I was really a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I feel like I'm coming off as like a real anti-intellectual no, on this not. episode, it, it, which well, is not what I mean. You Just are, like... but you are not an, <laughs> uh, an anti-intellectual. But I, I couldn't hack French literature at, at age 18. But I think even today, like I like books that I think are more like literature than mm-hmm. you would usually oh, pick up. I'll, I'll read some totally insufferable stuff. Yeah, you will. I've seen it. And then, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you tell like, this book is so tough. Like I'm a hundred pages in and I don't know if I can handle it. And then you'll keep reading and keep telling me how tough it is. Matthew, I'm still reading that one that we talked Great. about. I'm not going to name it. I'm still <laughs> reading it. I brought it with me in my bag today because I think I might have like an hour to read before I picked June up from school. And I'm like, maybe I can finally finish it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you're, you're I a, can't stop now, you're but a I'm literary just not masochist. enjoying it. Uh-huh. I just, uh. Do you need someone to give you permission to stop? No, okay. no. I could give myself permission. I thought so. Okay. I tried to talk to another friend about this particular book, and he was like, <laughs> "He was like, oh my god, I loved it so much, I can't wait to read it again." Wow. Yeah, and then anyway, I'm just ready to be done with it. I am a masochist yeah. of books. A masochist of books. Okay, hold on. Can I finish? Uh, please. So anyway, typically they've got this coarse wheat flour, okay, sugar, of course, malt extract, uh, vegetable oil, which I guess makes sense for commercial crackers, right? Yeah. Our commercial biscuits. Uh, and then other whole grains. Wikipedia was not very specific here. Well, we got the packaging right here. Oh, what, is, what does that say? Whole wheat flour. 
hold on. Let's look at this, the classic digestive. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it has other whole grains. It's uh, wheat flour, whole wheat flour. Those are the only grains. Okay. What about the leavening? So what I saw is that there are usually three types of leavening, baking soda, tartaric acid, and malic acid. So this one contains malic acid, sodium bicarbonate, and ammonium bicarbonate. I think sodium bicarbonate and ammonium bicarbonate constitute double-acting baking powder, hmm, but okay. malic acid I think is something different, but I'm not sure. Well, and it's it's what you find in an apple. Yeah. Right? Okay. Malice. And then, of course— A forethought. And then, of course, salt and sometimes—wait, didn't we just eat one of these? Oh, no, we no, just ate a different. hobnob. Okay. And then sometimes oats, too, according to Wikipedia. Uh, you okay. know, I should have read other sources, probably. You should have read Nicey and Wifey's Nice Cup of Tea and a Sit-Down. Anyway, so these are usually, of course, eaten with tea or coffee, probably usually tea, I—, I, I I imagine, mm -hmm. although they disintegrate really quickly once they are wet. They're also, of course, used as a cracker with cheese. And then in the UK in particular, they're used kind of the way that we sometimes use graham crackers as like a as crust. As a masturbation for, prevention device. <laughs> as like a, a ground up as a crust for other baked goods, mm -hmm. like cheesecakes or tarts or whatever. I believe wife of the show, Lori, has done this. She definitely mentioned, said, don't forget to mention it on the show. Oh. These are I, so great. I like this much better than that hobnob. So this is my feeling also. Like, I don't think the the milk chocolate that McFitties uses has much flavor. Mm -hmm. I know this this puts oh, me in a particular camp. Oh, did, you just, did you just drop it into your shirt? No, I dropped it first into my lap and then onto the floor. Mm -hmm. So crumbly. Okay. You know Bill Bryson. <laughs> You know, Bill Bryson. His book, Notes from a Small Island, mm -hmm. which is so funny. He describes in that book the chocolate digestive as a British masterpiece. I would agree because I'm eating one right now. It's absolutely true. It's a, it's a world-class cookie. Matthew, apparently McVitie's are not only famous for being British masterpieces. Every time I say masterpiece, I think masturbate. <laughs> Um, there, this this was actually a cracker that was, that was developed with the intention of convincing people to masturbate more. <laughs> Matthew, That's how they do it on the other side of the pond. I love that. So recently, um, your your wife was asking if we could do a podcast that was more orangette and less Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I had never thought of us that way. But today, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we do a podcast that's more Beavis, less Butthead? <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Okay, anyway. So McVitie's are apparently famous among Beatles fans. Okay. Um, for causing an argument between George and John during a recording session for Abbey Road. Had George you... and John who? Just kidding. Uh, apparently Yoko was in the studio. I'm on a first name. Yoko who? I'm on a first name basis with her. <laughs> Yoko was in the studio and at one point helped herself to George's box of McVitie's hmm. while the band was in another room. And then George was pissed at Yoko, and he, he, like, blew up at her, which then caused John to lose his temper in response. Um, Boom! So, okay, so first of all, like, that's, I, I feel like maybe this argument was about more than just cookies. Maybe. Call me crazy. You know, whenever, <laughs> I, whenever I hear about, like, the, the acrimony that that suffused the the Abbey Road recording sessions. Mm -hmm. Like Abbey Road is is you know I guess it's silly to say Abbey Road is one of my all time favorite albums. Like duh. Which songs um, are on Abbey Road? So um, a lot like like uh, something come together. Mm -hmm. uh, that my favorite part is the suite of uh, Carry That Weight and Golden Slumbers and 
the other one. <laughs> I've never been a Beatles fan. I okay. only know like what I hear on the radio. But- I am... Uh, probably outing myself in a way that I shouldn't. That's I fine. That. I haven't read Moby Dick. Okay. You know, we have this uh, this romantic idea about music that, like, you know, people people's feelings come through in the yes. music they play, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and these these guys, like, they they you know were totally fucking sick of each other. They couldn't get along. They were miserable, and they made like one of the most perfect, beautiful albums that's ever been made. In, in that state. And like, maybe just feelings don't matter. What do you think was the emotional state of Radiohead recording, like, OK Computer? Well, I mean, based on what what we know about Abbey Road, I'm going to say they were, they were, like, super excited about their new smartphones. <laughs> and they thought this is... The- <laughs> the new smartphones they got in 1997. And they were like, they were like, oh my god, we're going to be fitter and happier fitter and, and w- more, productive. more productive. And they were, and they were like, um, this is really going to boost our karma. Mm-hmm. They recorded the whole thing um, at an amusement park. <laughs> That's exactly the sound that comes through for uh-huh. me when I listen. Yeah, well, to, you can hear like, it. You listen in, in the background. You Okay. All right. Well, anyway, if I were going to make... So back to digestive. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little sad now that I made the Cars-style whole wheat You're cracker. You're right. They're not very Because they're not very good, and they're also like really not very close to digestives, I don't think. So I think if I had to do over again, I would possibly make this King Arthur recipe for digestives, which mm, looks good. That sounds or, promising. Or I have made a recipe. I posted it on the old blog in 2013 for what I called Scottish oat cakes. Okay. And those were delicious. They were not nearly as tender as like a commercial digestive. Right. But they were delicious. And I, don't I think, think better we than talked this. enough about the texture of the hobnob. Because yeah. it, it's got this this like crumbly, rustic, like varied oaten texture that yes. like is unbeatable. It's the Abbey Road of biscuits. I really wish we had like a straight up chocolate hop knob and not a milk chocolate hop knob because right now I'm just feeling very pro digestive. But I have to say, Matthew, out of all these things we've tasted, I think my favorite is the plain McVitie's. It's it's unbeatable, like clearly a perfectly engineered food product, you right? You just said that the, the hop knob was unbeatable. Don't like I'm so sick of your gotcha journalism. <laughs> um, wait, I noticed something really important that we have to share that uh, the the plain digestives are made in the UK by McVitie's P.O. Box 7249 Ashby de la Zouch, Great Britain. Let me let me see this. Ashby, Ashby de la, de la Zouch. Zouch. That's hyphenated. Ashby dash wow. de la. This is made by de la Sol. Zouch. Zouch. Yeah, Zouch. I wasn't sure either. Cooch. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like the street in Portland that's spelled, that's spelled couch, like couch, like a piece of furniture, cooch. but you say cooch. Or like the street in New York that's that's spelled Houston, but, but pronounced you pronounce Houston. It Houston. Yeah. So, so weird. okay. So, um, listeners, listeners in in Ashby de la Zouch, please weigh in. <laughs> I, I'm going to say we have like a couple hundred listeners there at least. <laughs> they probably. I hope they all work at the McVitie's factory. Yeah, because they're making really good biscuits. Company town. They're making really good biscuits. Real good biscuits. I love that we've just taken to calling them biscuits when the truth is this is basically a cookie. But I mean that. But biscuit is how you say cookie in England. Yes, biscuit in France. A A biscuit. Yeah, biscuit. I thought you said the squee. I don't like what. Yeah, you know. (laughs) God, I'm choking. In my house, we call them the squee. I'm going to have the squee for dessert. Um, 
<laughs> okay. All right. I don't even get why that's funny, I but I love either. it. Okay. All right. So I guess that's our Digestive Biscuit episode. Yeah. These really make me happy. All, all the ones we got, except the ones you made, are great. <laughs> Do you feel like your digestion is going to be better? No. Or that you're going to masturbate less? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Neither. Okay. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> All right. Oh, right, right, right. Because there's there these these are the the biscuits that promote masturbation. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. So so great. They're doing it's doing its job. Okay. So anyway, um, we have a number of things that we wanted you to weigh in on uh, on our Facebook page. Most that's, important. How do you pronounce Ashby de la Zouch? So that's facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. I feel like I feel like Ashby de la Zouch is what you get when you when you like spell Zach de la Roca backwards. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. I liked that. Okay. Um, our producer is Abby Circatella. Cer- uh-huh. Oh, excuse me. I, I said that wrong. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Sometimes I get Zouch. sometimes I get confused by the by the Q U I. Yeah, I don't I don't know if, if either of us is a hundred percent sure how to say it. Wait, do you mean to say we've been working with Abby for almost five years and we're both a little bit unsure of how to pronounce her last I name? I don't know if she really knows either. Really? <laughs> no. Oh God, Abby, I am so sorry. As usual, we are the worst. Anyway, our producer is producer Abby Circatella, mm-hmm. and you can find us all the places where you find podcasts: um, Stitcher, Castbox, Cast Your Fishing Line, uh-huh. out you and can, reel in a podcast. You can find us any anywhere you find a white whale. If you find that white whale, let me know because we need to talk. Uh, me, me and the whale. If you live in Seattle or in the Seattle metropolitan area and you know where we can reliably get like regular chocolate hobnobs. Dark ma- chocolate. Dark yeah. chocolate hobnobs. Could you hook us up? Or if you live in the Seattle area and you have some thoughts about which sand most perfectly captures the texture of a of a plain digestive. Yeah. Or like what's what's the sand like where you are? Weigh in on that. <laughs> like, like coarse, medium coarse, like a, a coarse meal. Uh, like uh, white sugar. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's been giving you a freebie since 2010. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Oh, I bit my lip and now it's bleeding. Oh. So if I'm if I'm talking and blood is running down my tooth, don't be alarmed. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's Cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.